Welcome to another episode of Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This is episode 63. I am Joe Darnell, and joining me today is uh, your coffee critic and mine, Mr. Steve. Uh, how do you pronounce that last name? Agox? Last name is pronounced Agos. Agos. Dude, that's a way cool last name. Coming in from Kansas City. Welcome, Steve. Hi. I am uh, so pleased to have you. I only discovered you a few weeks ago on Instagram. I love your pictures. And then from there, I discovered your blog, and you talk about coffee a lot. You write about coffee. You give us a, a good deal of reviews. So I thought you were just the perfect candidate to be on the show. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't know how to pronounce your last name. Uh, uh, I could have yeah. looked it up on YouTube or something. There's there's all these channels now where you can look up how is something something pronounced. Well, the, the name's Hungarian, and then my family in 1956 when they moved to the u.s decided to say it differently than hungarians would say it so you, i don't think you'd ever find anything about this name <laughs> okay <laughs> it makes it really tough every now and then believe it or not there are people who don't know how to pronounce darnell and <laughs> i i just don't get them it, it, it's a very common name not enough people think it's used for a last name though i don't know what's up with that huh. it's pretty common around here now coffee is your hobby so what is it you do around the clock well, as a day job, I'm a chiropractor and also an instructor, um, an educator. I do postgraduate education, and then I also teach at Cleveland University, Kansas City, in their chiropractic college. The coffee thing is sort of a hobby to be on the creative side versus the science side of things. And so it's really important for me just to have an outlet, like you said, for the photography and for writing and all that sort of stuff. I value hobbies a lot. That's one of the reasons that we have this show. It's not just all about, you know, you know, re recording a show, which is fun. I really enjoy coffee, but I just like to have a way to get away from work and to distract myself with something refreshing. And so that's one of the reasons we wanted the show in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. That's super important, I think, too. But in your case, you got the chiropractic work. I know a lot of the healthy, conscious people are strongly opposed to caffeine and coffee products. Since you brought it up, how do you feel about that? Um, it really depends on a lot of factors. For most people, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, there's some people who take certain medications or have certain health problems or have demonstrated signs of certain sensitivities and things, and they need to, to kind of cool it. Um, but, you know, for somebody who's drinking a couple pops a day or a couple of uh, cups of coffee a day or something, it's really, really pretty much a non-issue. Um, you know, and you have to always weigh the, the pros and the cons. So if somebody's drinking, let's say four cups of coffee a day, but they get a lot of pleasure out of that, that stress reduction might be overriding, you know, whatever bad the caffeine might be doing. But I don't think caffeine is really that big of an issue for many people. I mean, I've had, but I, on the other hand, I've had patients who drink three to four pots of coffee a day, and that becomes a bit of a, a problem for anybody. So it, re it really, you know, the context has everything to do with it. Yeah. You practice moderation, only three pots a day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so then how do you like your coffee and do you ever shake things up or do you just take it the same way all the time? Uh, for me, I definitely like to drink coffee black, unless I'm doing some sort of special preparation, which I guess would answer the the shaking up part of it. But if I have espresso, um, I always drink it black. If I have a cup of coffee, particularly if I'm reviewing it, um, uh, you know, I always drink it 
black uh, unless somebody says like once in a while I've had something where somebody says you know this really is intended to be made into a cappuccino or this is really intended to be a, a, a cream and sugar type of coffee in which case you know I'll always take it the way the person recommends it but to shake things up I've been trying lately I've kind of gotten into like what I call world coffee or like other methods of preparation I don't know maybe three months ago or so I got a uh, a box of Cuban coffee. And so I kind of relearned and properly learned how to make what they call cafecito, which is either espresso or like a mocha pot with a lot of sugar in it. But the sugar, the way you prepare the sugar is really important. And then, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I got a, um, some Vietnamese coffee, which is all Robusta, which is in the specialty coffee world is, you know, not even touched with the 10 foot pole, but that's really bitter coffee that you mix with um, sweetened condensed milk, which is super sweet. And when the two come together, they really balance each other out. And so I didn't think I would like that at all. And I've been kind of addicted to it. And so that's what I'll have if I need something kind of quick and just something kind of different. And, I, you know, it's not something I'm reviewing right now. So it's like, man, I'm just going to have like a treat basically and make a dessert out of it. So that is what you've been using lately. Would you consider that your adopted coffee brewing gear in regular setup, or do you still have a go-to for the regular cup of joe? Uh, when I make coffee at home, I either I have an espresso machine at home, so I'll use that. And then typically if I'm drinking coffee at home, I'm almost always reviewing it um, because I do do a lot of reviews. And so in order for consistency and um, you know just to have kind of a benchmark... I use uh, a not neutral Gino dripper, which uses Kalita 185 filters. So it's a lot like a Kalita. It's got a flat bottom with three holes in the bottom. And I use that every day for pretty much everything I drink. I have an AeroPress and I have, you know, some of these other methods and things, but my baseline go-to coffee is always, um, you know, that method using the same ratio, the same time, the same everything. I've fallen into the same habit whenever I'm trying new roasts. It gives me a good like median. And in my, in my situation, I prefer to start with the AeroPress, but I use the Kalita Wave when I'm making coffee for my wife and I together. Mm -hmm. And I, I find that that works just as well, but it still gives a different result. So it, to each his own, what they prefer their, for their own median. Sure. Yeah. Do you have a reason that you will change it and use something else like the AeroPress or is it really just a novelty that's collecting dust? Typically, it's it's if it's not if I'm not getting the result that I think I should be getting with my regular brew method, then I might go to an AeroPress. Typically, if I do that, it's because I do real short AeroPresses, and I haven't used. I was using it on almost every coffee last year, and I just once winter kind of came in, I just kind of got away from it for some reason i don't know if i'll pick it up more in the summer or not but like one coffee that stands out was i think it was a columbia yeah it was a colombian coffee that was sent from novel coffee roasters in dallas and they're really good roasters they have a great reputation and this coffee was insane the way i made it on my uh not neutral gino and it just didn't taste right it was super bitter it was super crazy um i just could not figure it out i tried it a couple different ways i thought maybe i'd screwed something up and i i emailed them and they said oh yeah this needs to be handled a lot like a kenyan coffee and you should do a real short brew time and the the amount of time that they were recommending i don't even think i would be able to get 
with my grinder setup, I was just like, man, that is way too fast huh. to, try to, to try to put through the Geno. So I said, but that looks exactly like what I would do with an AeroPress. So I put it through the AeroPress and it was fantastic. It, I mean, it was like almost undrinkable on the Geno, but it was, it was perfect. It was great on the AeroPress. So sometimes, I mean, that's rare though. I mean, typically most things are going to be good most of the time the way I do it. But if something seems like it's just not clicking, then I might start to mess around with it a little bit. Since you are drinking so many different kinds of coffees and you write about them, you're regularly trying new stuff. And do you have a a regular preferred source of beans when you're not experimenting? Not really. I do have a couple places in town that I like to go to, but I mean, I really enjoy trying things all the time. And it's funny you mentioned that because just the other weekend, I noticed that when Saturday and Sunday come around, I almost never even drink coffee. Almost like, like that's my break from the week. Not that I get fatigued from it or anything, but I just wake up Saturday morning and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. And then I never end up even having a cup. So, but there's two places in Kansas city um, that are pretty close to a, a volunteer clinic. I work at a couple afternoons a week. And if I have time to stop at either one of those, I like to one's oddly correct, uh, which is a really good shop in Kansas city. And another one's been around for a long time in Kansas city. And it's kind of like the, I don't know, the grandfather of the specialty coffee movement here in Kansas city. And it's called Broadway cafe. So if I have a chance to go to either of those, I like to drop in and just get an espresso or do something like that. But yeah, I really don't have coffee. That's just, uh, you know, on hand because I really only drink, you know, one or two cups a day because I'm pretty sensitive to caffeine. So if I go past that, then I find myself, staying up real late and stuff like that Hmm. because this does influence your sleep routine do you have a sleep routine you try to you know stick by regularly does that involve going to bed early or getting up early or anything like that because i know this i I try to be mindful about my my sleep habit and coffee does influence sometimes It, it doesn't seem to really change it dramatically though it uh i try to keep my coffee intake between three or four cups a day I seem to be okay if I do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a very early riser. I'm usually up by 5.30, if not 5, every morning. And um, if I drink coffee, it's not... It, I feel like I get a second wind, like, right when I'm normally going to bed. Like, if I drink too much coffee, I feel like, you know, 10 o'clock rolls around and I'm just like, man, I just do not feel like going to sleep. So I don't think it affects the quality of my sleep, but it definitely pushes it out a little further. Do you drink coffee as soon as you get up or do you wait? Yeah, I get up. First thing I do is uh, let my dogs out and then I start heating up a pot of water and and go for it. So yeah, I do that before anything. Yeah, that's what I found. I I don't have any reason not to. (laughs) I just go for it. Yeah. So is there any coffee gear that you have on a wish list? And like you said, you just tried a new brewer recently and you have another one that you're addicted to. So is what's next on the list? I kind of have everything I would like. It would be nice to get a, a nice espresso machine. I've got a low-end Gaja machine, which does a great job, um, but it takes a long time to heat up. And if you were, like, let's say I had guests over or something and four people wanted espresso, it would take a while to do that because it's got a tiny little boiler on it and that sort of thing. But for a one-person operation, my wife doesn't drink coffee at all, so it's just me. And if it's just me, like, it's great because I just heat it up, whip off an espresso, maybe two, and that's it. So it's great, but it would be nice to have kind of a higher end machine 
uh, with a little more controls and that sort of thing on it. But I've had the same machine for almost nine years and it's been great. So it's not something that's like a, a burning desire. Amazing. Yeah. I've got a couple nice grinders already. One that I picked up for, you know, sort of fell backwards into it on Craigslist. Another, another one that's kind of the standard, the, the Ranchilio Rocky. So grinders pretty well set up with, if anything, for me, like we have a really small kitchen and we live in like a 50 style ranch house. And so it would be nice for me to have just a bigger kitchen to be able to have all my stuff sort of out and to be able to look at some of it and just even see, I mean, there's times where I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot I even have this thing. Like, cause it's in this basket that's tucked away in this box, which is in this cabinet that I haven't been in for a while. So it'd be kind of cool to be able to have everything more spread out and kind of see what I actually have. But you know, I think over time you find what you kind of like in the preparation method you like and it, you know, there's always new gear out and stuff, but when you find something that's working for you, unless there's a really compelling reason to change it, I don't, you know, I'm not really a, like a big gear collector. You know, that's a good point. Your suggestion of having a, a better space for your coffee gear is just as important as the gear itself. I have a corner of our kitchen where I have set up a special bar with three shelves for coffee cups and gear. And above this, we have the uh, two shelves, you know, like Ikea wood shelves mounted to the wall for more coffee cups. I have a, a shelf for mine and another for my wife. She prefers larger mugs. I prefer medium mugs and and on it goes. But I'm thinking about it. That That is something. There's potential there. It's kind of like our grandfathers had woodworking shops in the garage, you know? Right. Yeah. And we, we don't need that. Our dads may have had like a motorbike or a go-kart in the garage and their mower. I, I kind of want a coffee laboratory. Yeah. <laughs> a place where I could just put all the gear, spread it out. I like the idea of having it all there. And on a whim saying, I think today I'll, I'll break out the French press because yeah. usually it doesn't get any action just because it is hidden away in a cabinet, like you said. Well, and there's, I think there's some intrinsic beauty to a lot of the stuff that makes coffee and there's, you know, it's, it's, I think it's cool to look at and especially, I mean, you mentioned mugs. I mean, they all have a story. They all have something cool about them. So it'd be nice to be able to actually see those and not just have them tucked away. If I moved out to the garage, my wife would be super happy, but um, <laughs> we have a one-car garage that we're trying to cram two cars in a garage sale in, so I don't even have space in my garage. I just need a, we need to buy a house that's for sale down the street that I can just move my coffee stuff into. Now this does, yeah, I have some room here in the basement. I could probably <laughs> set something up here in the storage room, hmm. except I don't have a water supply, Yeah, but then the water heater is right there. If oh. I could create an extra line, <laughs> I think I, we got an idea. We got something go. going here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and take a break now for our sponsor. This week's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Magic Coffee Truck. We've talked about them before. They're an online coffee laboratory of handmade coffee confections like no other. Sharon, the cook in the laboratory, is revolutionizing chocolates and coffee infusions by going all organic and using cascara in her original recipes. Magic Coffee Trucks coffee beans, beverages, treats, and syrups are reasonably priced and out of this world. All their scrumptious edibles are made by hand right here in America. For the show, I'm presently trying some of the Awesome Sauce Cold Brew Coffee Infusion right now. I'm holding the cold bottle in my hand. And it's one of the most refreshing chilled coffee drinks that I've ever tasted. 
I'm not big on cold beverages, coffee beverages. I mean, I don't make a lot of co- a cold brew at home, though I have tried my hand at it. And if I wanted something that was refreshing just to turn to, because it is the season for cold brew, it's, it's really ideal now that we're getting into the warmer months, especially here in the South. And I could easily see serving this up in the afternoon to house guests who just want something besides tea or a hot cup of coffee on a regular summer afternoon. It's infused with chai and brown sugar syrup and brewed with Thrasher Coffee's Bouquet Blend Coffee Beans. Sharon and her crew of woodland creatures are brilliant and offer you something remarkable in every drop. Usually, treats that you find in stores are factory-made and wrapped in age-old boring plastics that are annoying to tear open. And Sharon's creations are hand-wrapped with careful precision for a vintage look with papers and gold twisty ties to make them attractive for display. Sharon understands the idea that today's coffees and chocolates should be the highlight of your day, so you deserve a magical experience in every package. Shop for these stupendous handmade delicacies and drinks at magiccoffeetruck.etsy.com and use the discount code MAGIC2ME20 to get 20% off your order. My huge thanks to Sharon for supporting Topru and making the world a better place from her coffee laboratory. You keep checking them out, so they keep sponsoring. And my thanks to everyone who is supporting the show by shopping with our sponsors. So, Steve, when do you drink coffee usually and why? You said you have one or two cups a day. What's the rationale as a whole? Like if you had to explain to somebody why you're not drinking more or why you don't drink less yeah so i'm mostly a morning coffee drinker if i don't have it really like right when i wake up i probably won't even make it for the day um there's times on the weekend where i'll get up bop around maybe run an errand or something and it's you know maybe 9 a.m when i get home and i'm like eh, i kind of missed the window so i'm definitely mentally i'm i'm definitely a morning coffee drinker uh i usually am at work by 8 30 or 9 30 in the morning and so when i have time to write about the coffee when i have time to take notes about it when i have time to drink it it's always first thing in the morning and with my job being with patients or with students or with that sort of thing it's i, I just don't have time to or really the capacity to drink coffee during the day because i'm always with somebody and i just i'm not big on having lunch or drinking a cup of coffee in front of somebody or something like that. So it's pretty much, I have a short window in the morning. And if I miss that, then I I don't really drink coffee for the caffeine. So I don't feel like I need the pick me up. It's more just the ritual of it. First thing in the morning kind of helps me get my brain organized. And um, that's when I have time to do the work that I'm doing as far as coffee goes. And so that's, that's my routine. Lately, you've been trying several different kinds, or at least you've published several different reviews for different kinds of coffees lately, all back to back. What do you do with the beans you're not using? Or do I mean, are you sharing? How does this work? I just wondered how you keep up with this, this number of reviews. Yeah, yeah. So that's always interesting. So I try to schedule things really well. And this is not a knock against anybody or a complaint at all. But what tends to happen with roasters is I think they... Sometimes they ship early, sometimes they ship a couple weeks late, sometimes they forget, and then the next month they ship out. Sometimes I get stuff that I didn't expect that just gets shipped from roasters that have liked reviews in the past or want to share something with me. So, you know, I might get like five boxes with coffee all in one day and I'm, you know, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with all this? So (laughs) I, I try to try everything right when it comes in so it's real fresh. 
and take notes on it. I'll usually revisit it again right before I publish the review. And it's pretty interesting how many coffees hold up really well over, you know, a three to four week period of time. I've found no problem with any coffees that, that are in that month window for sure. But yeah, everything that I have that's extra, there's another coffee blogger in Kansas City named Stacy, and she's got a, a blog called uh, Stacy's Coffee, and her she kind of set out to have coffee from all 50 states, and when I found her blog and I realized she was right here in Kansas City, uh, I asked her if she wanted, you know, kind of my leftovers, and she was like, sure, and she ends up knowing, she knows a lot more coffee people than I do, so I give everything to her, and then she distributes it to her friends and places that she volunteers and works at and things like that. So it works out really well. I just left a bag out on my doorstep yesterday for them. And it was probably a 10 pound bag of coffee. And you know, it's, it's nice to not waste anything. Cause when you realize what it takes to get that bean from the tree to your cup, it's really important. I think to, I mean, you could make an argument that the farmer's already been paid and the roaster's already been paid and all that sort of thing. But it's, I, I think it's important not to waste something like that. And so, yeah, she gets everything and then she gives it to a lot of grateful people. And it's, uh, it's nice just to be able to share it with people. Cause that's a big part of coffee is just the community part of it. It just occurred to me that KC coffee geek stands for Kansas city coffee geek. Yep. Yep. Have you gotten too many questions about that over the years? <laughs> no, not really. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, since you indirectly brought this up, have you found any particular, ways that you like to store your coffee if you want to keep them fresh for a longer extended period of time uh, a couple times i've gotten i don't know people too much at one time and you just know you want to pace yourself maybe. yeah well typically I, I i'm definitely a visual person so if i see it i know i have to drink it so i, I try to just keep everything in bags and um i mean the bags have valves and stuff on them and they they i think that's the best way really to keep your coffee is just keep it in a bag keep it in a in a place that's out of the sun in a relatively, you know, dry place in the, in the house. Um, sometimes I'll throw it in a Mason jar or something like that, but yeah, I pretty much just use the original bags. And this year I got really jealous at the end of last year, cause all these people were taking photos of all the bags of coffee they've drank for Instagram. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't oh. do that. So this year I'm saving every bag and we're going to see how big of a picture I can put together. Oh, it's, nice. Yeah, it'll be, yeah. It should be pretty interesting. So, um, but yeah, I think the bags that most coffee comes in does a great job within a month. I, I know there's people who are like, man, this, if you haven't drank it within 30 seconds out of the roaster, it's already stale. But I think a lot of coffee hits a stride at anywhere from a week to two weeks, especially if it's espresso. Um, I mean, I've had coffees that come in like real fresh and they're not that great. And then a week later they're better. And a week after that, they're even better. So for me, I don't get stressed out at all. If it's within a, a month, it, they, they, I think everything holds up really well, unless there's something maybe wrong with the coffee to begin with, but <laughs> yeah, I have no problems with freshness in the bags and stuff like that. Eric lives by the same rules of thumb. He has noted that there are a lot of coffees he enjoys that do get best after a week to two weeks. And yeah. he, he's encouraged me a couple of times not to give up on a, a bean that I was ready to quit on when it was getting to be about 10 days. And I'd be like, okay, I'll try it again. And he was right. So I don't usually use the bags, though I have in the past. I, for just aesthetic reasons, I have some like tea canisters that uh -huh. hold the beans really well too. So I put them in there just because I have them for convenience and they they have a good shelf appearance. Yeah, yeah. 
So going back to your writing, it's, it's all about coffee and it's a great treasure trove for anyone who wants to check out some of these beans. Do you have any particular tips for others who want to make like a journal about coffee or start a blog about coffee? How do you get started with it and how do you concentrate and how do you know you're describing coffee with the right words? <laughs> I, I mean, the first thing is just to start doing it. Um, I, I think that's the biggest step for just about everything is if you want to do it, just start doing it. There's really no pressure, especially if you're buying, if you're buying coffee and you're, you know, you want to, to have your opinion about it, then that's totally valid to just start doing that. And you don't really have an obligation to anybody for me because coffee gets sent to me and I'm not paying for a lot of this coffee. That doesn't mean I always write positive reviews, but if I have something negative to say about it, I just don't say anything about it. I don't see myself as a coffee critic and like, I'm sure I could develop a huge following if I trashed people's coffees and had a real surly tone about it, but <laughs> yeah. it'd be hard to do one because almost everything I get is fantastic. And number two, if it is off, it's usually just, it's not my taste. It's not to my palate or something literally happened to the coffee. Like it didn't get roasted. It missed quality control. And as somebody who's owned a, a small business myself, it's, I mean, that can be really, I don't know. I, I, I think there's an ethical problem with like trashing somebody over an honest mistake. I just don't, you know, I don't get into the negative reviews and things like that. But you know, that being said, I would just start doing it. I started on WordPress with the free um, platform. The only reason I switched over to a paid WordPress site was um, so that eventually if I could take advertisers on it, I'd be able to do that. Uh, but even then I pay $150 probably a year, if even that for my, for my hosting and everything. So it's, I mean, it's easy to do. It's free. You can know almost nothing about a blog or anything like that and be up to speed really quickly. So I, I think it's important just to do it if that's something you want to do and then just to be consistent with it. And that's kind of the reason I started doing it. Cause I could have just kept a coffee journal or something like that. But when I, you know, two years ago when I started looking around and I started getting the idea and I was like, man, there's just not really a lot of coffee review sites. There's some paid ones. There's a couple that are pretty consistent, but there, there's really not that much out. And so I thought there was maybe a need for that. And so I figured, well, if somebody would be interested in reading this stuff and I'm interested in writing it, then that's, that's really cool. And it really took off. So I was really surprised by that, but the main thing is just to do it. And then as far as the tasting goes, you know, just describe what you taste. If, if you feel like something tastes like flowery, then say it tastes flowery. If you think it tastes like honeysuckle, then say it tastes like honeysuckle, but don't read the bag and go, okay, this is supposed to taste like honeysuckle in springtime growing on the east facing field out by the river in you know northern california and make that description if that doesn't make sense to you because a lot of those bag descriptions are sort of they come from sometimes cupping notes and things and it's not naturally how people you know really taste coffee so i would say just start to describe what you taste oh this is sweet oh this is kind of bitter or this is chocolatey but i'm not sure what kind of chocolate and then I think over time your brain just sort of calibrates and there's certain things that just connect with it. Like, Oh, that's what blueberry tastes like, or that's what red apple would taste like in a cup of coffee. Right. And then you start to have a little bit better context for how to describe those things, but it does take practice and it takes sort of training your palate and um, doing things like cupping or, you know, we're lucky here in Kansas city that we've got a couple businesses that do SCAA training 
uh, for baristas and they have, um, they'll do like cupping sessions. They'll do things called triangulation cupping where you try to, you have three cups in front of you at each station and you're trying to figure out which one is not like the other two. And there's some things you can do to actually like challenge your palate and test your palate and do things like that. But it's, it's really just a matter of, you know, describing what you taste. And I think the more you do that, the better you get at it. And then the better context you have for being able to explain it to other people in a way that they might understand what you're trying to describe. Hmm. So Steve, what is the most important thing about coffee to you? To me, it's really, I love how much, well, there's a few things. One is I love how much there is to learn about it. For as much as I feel like I know about coffee, I'm, you know, really a basic novice when it comes to people who are in the coffee industry and like, this is their life. So there's always something really interesting to learn. There's always, it's really ripe for the hobbyists. I I can see that. Yeah, I mean, from the brewing side of it, from trying origins, things like that. Um, just as soon as I think I don't like a, a coffee origin, like, you know, for example, Peru has been, I've been getting a bunch of Peruvian coffees. And before, I don't know, a year ago, I would have said, oh, Peruvian coffees, they're boring and they're not that interesting and there's not much in there. And I've loved every single, I think I've reviewed three or four of them in the last couple of weeks and they've been fantastic. So there's always stuff to pick up. Your palate changes over time, so it's always good to sort of revisit coffees that you liked and see if you still like them or origins or coffees that you didn't like and see if you now like them because that's typically what happens to me. And then, uh, you know, just the number of roasters too. It's just amazing how many coffee roasters are out there uh, from home roasters to relatively big operations that are just, you know, tiny businesses that you don't know anything about. It's just incredible how deep you can go in this hobby for sure. Hmm. All right. So very last question. What is your favorite mug and why? I have a lot of coffee mugs. My favorite one that I have currently is, uh, another not neutral product and they have a mug called their Lino mug. They make a little espresso version of it too, but it's got the, it's flat across the top and the handle sort of extends and is flat. So I think it's made to put like a pour over set up right on top of it and it won't tip off or anything like that. But I don't know what it is about it, but it just holds the perfect temperature with coffee. I think a big thing that goes into tasting, well, I know a big thing that goes into tasting is making sure that the temperature is correct. A lot of people try to drink coffee when it's nuclear hot and try to keep it at that temperature as much as they can. Right. And so you're not going to taste much at that temperature. Uh, a lot of things happen chemically once it cools down. I, for a long time, I was using the, the enamel, uh, those real thin metal enamel cups because coffee cools down really fast. And so it helped with writing a review that I could get the whole range of temperature really quick. But what I found is that sometimes it goes through the temperature range so quickly that you might miss some things. For whatever reason, that Lino cup just keeps it right at the ideal temperature. It cools down pretty well. And then it seems to hold it at that ideal temperature where all the flavors start to open up and it's a nice size. I got one, I don't know. I figured people always rave about these cups, you know, and I thought, Oh, you know, whatever. And then I was up in Chicago and I went to an intelligentsia and they've got an intelligentsia branded one on the other side with a Chicago flag, which is like the best city flag in the world. And so I thought, eh, I got to buy this and it, I haven't used another mug since I got it. Awesome. 
Yeah, I, I'm very fond of my mugs. Uh, it's always fun to hear the stories about them. And sometimes it boils down to aesthetic preferences, yeah. but also just the feel of a good muck in your hand. I have just this one that's relatively boring, but it has a Star Wars poster art on it. And so it is the greatest. Yeah, my wife, my wife got me a Stormtrooper one that I'm very partial to. And that's gigantic. So, I mean, the cups of coffee that I could drink are pretty small. I drink... I don't know, 400 grams at a time or something, which is a cup and a half, maybe a regular cup and a half. And this thing's about a three cup capacity. So I don't use it that often. <laughs> and I just got a, I got a new one from Perk recently too, which is kind of down in your neck of the woods. They're in Savannah. They're in Savannah, Georgia, Perk. And they're one of my favorite roasters. And they have this really beautiful green, um, one of those really thick kind of big diner mug style ones. And it's just a gorgeous cup, but it's almost too pretty that I don't even want to use it in case I stain it or something. All right. Well, Steve, where would you like people to find you, your writing and what you're doing about coffee? So they can find me on kccoffeegeek.com. So that's the letter K, letter C, coffeegeek.com. That's my website. That's also my Twitter handle. And then that's also my Instagram. So Twitter, I'm not super busy on. Everything from my Instagram feed just automatically kicks over to Twitter. So it's just sort of a proxy. One of my other hobbies is photography. So I try to take good photos and I try to make it visually appealing. Um, and that's definitely been a boost for the readership. I think a lot of people actually find me on Instagram and then come back to the blog like you said you did. So yeah, Instagram and, uh, and you know, hopefully read the blog. I do keep a list. I update it about once a week of all the reviews I've done. So you might want to look. I organize them by state. And I get, uh, I have a Japanese coffee s subscription, so I organize them by country sometimes. But I would say, you know, it's starting to become, I've been doing it long enough that it's starting to become a pretty decent resource that if you're thinking about buying a, a coffee from a company that you should check it out and see if I've got some reviews and see, you know, if you find 10 positive reviews of the same company, there's a pretty good chance you can buy pretty much anything from them and it's going to be really good. All right. Thanks, Steve. Sure. Awesome. Yeah, I recommend anything that Steve writes. It is fun to follow you on Instagram. So listeners, please check it out. And thanks a bunch, Steve, for joining us. It's been a great episode. I'll have you back sometime just to talk about some coffees, maybe from season to season. We'll talk about your end of spring review of favorite brews from the season or end of summer. That'd be a good, good show. Yeah, that'd be awesome, Joe. I'd love that. Cool. Thanks for joining us for episode 63 of Top Brew. You will find the show notes at topbrew.fm slash 63. I want to give a special thanks again to our sponsor, Magic Coffee Truck. You're in for a real delight with Sharon's handmade coffee treats from the one-of-a-kind coffee laboratory. Use the discount code MAGIC2ME20 to get 20% off of any order. I'm Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Top Brew.